All right, guys, welcome to episode 87 of the Different Animals Podcast. It's your boy, Tyler. And I am Ever Castro. And this week, we talk about the Lakers and the Hornets and definitely watching LeBron James play. We mm. talk about Persona <laughs> 5 versus Persona 5 Royal, how that's kind of a shit show. Um, we talk about Station 11, No Country for Old Men. Um, we talk about the Super Bowl matchup and, you know, how we can't believe one of the teams made it and the other team's starting to look a little shady, a little shaky. Um, we talk about Tom Brady, talk about a big gaming acquisition, mm-hmm. and uh, I did forget, but we did talk about a dildo chair. <laughs> but, but first... Let's begin with what we've been watching or playing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, you can go ahead and start on this one. Okay. Yeah, so um, this past weekend, um, I um, actually went down to Charlotte because the Lakers were in town because they they come once a year because they're in the Western Conference. Right. And I was able to go to the Lakers and Hornets game um, this past Friday. Um, and it was pretty fun. I will say I was a little disappointed uh, because LeBron didn't play. He was there. He was on the bench, but I've been wanting to see him play for a while, and so I bought the tickets back in August, maybe like right when they went on sale. But of okay. course, you know when you buy them, you're kind of being like, "Well, you know, here goes nothing, right?" Because you don't know if it's not like a concert, right? Like if you buy tickets to Billie Eilish, you know she's gonna be there when you buy the tickets, right? It's not gonna be like, right. "Well, you know, guys, she didn't, she's she she." Twisted her ankle. Backup <laughs> dancer number two is going to do the concert today, right? She's taking a rest, a yeah. rest day. We're not. Yeah, we're not even pushing the concert. It's just like, you know, show up, and if she if she performs, she performs. If she doesn't, she doesn't. Right. Um. But what sucked a little bit more is that uh he got injured. I think two days before the game, and so he was day to day, and so we literally didn't know that he wasn't going to play until Sydney and I were walking to the stadium. Like we had parked, oh, we were walking sucks. to the stadium, and there was a tweet that was like, "Yeah, you know, he's out." Um. I don't know if I would have sold the tickets if it would have been like he's out two to three weeks, right? I, I don't know if I would have. I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have because we we didn't. I mean, they weren't. They were like way up. They were like way up at the top, like nosebleeds, um, and they weren't that much. But you know, it was still. I think if it had been like the Lakers team from a couple years ago when he was first there before they got Anthony Davis, I think I would have. But I think I I didn't feel as or I mean I was sad that I didn't get, didn't get to see him play, but I wasn't as sad as I would have been because. Uh, Russell Westbrook played, and uh, Melo played, and right. La Melo is also you know on the Hornets, and you know it's it's pretty cool to see him play. Um, and uh, the, it was fun; like the whole atmosphere was fun. The stadium's great. Um, the the game was <laughs> kicking their ass by like twenty, but then Russell Westbrook and Anthony went off in the second half, and they they made it into a game. And Russell Westbrook actually had a chance to tie it. Like right at the end, they were no, no, they were down by two, so they had a chance to win it, and he, you know, put up a three and missed it. But um, the game was fun. I, I think if, if um, you know, even if it wasn't the Lakers, I think if anybody has a chance to go to a Hornets game, I think it's a lot of fun. I think the the stadium is really nice. I was surprised by how nice it was. I guess I didn't, you know, a couple months ago I went to see the um, what's it called the, the hockey team, the the, the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes. 
Yeah, and the stadium is fine. It's just like you know what you would expect, like, like the Coliseum, and it's like you know just kind of average age, you know, average amenities and stuff. But the 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 Hornets stadium was really nice. It seemed like they had either like I didn't do I didn't like look it up or anything, but it looks like they just renovated it and they like gave everything a facelift when they did all the color switches and stuff. Right. Um, but I would definitely recommend it. I was we got there like an hour and a half early before tip off, so the tip off was at seven thirty. We we got to Charlotte at six. And the reason I wanted to do that was because I wanted to, you know, eat dinner at the stadium. But then also, I was like, fuck, like, it's going to be a pain in the ass to, like, find parking and, like, right, walking right. over there. We're going to have to park so far. Um, but literally, we parked five minutes from the stadium, maybe. And, like, there was plenty right. of spots and stuff. So, I, I think they've done a nice job of getting the infrastructure ready for games. Where you, you know, and we got, we got out like that. So, I think, right. you know, the, the worry is always, like... Fuck, I'm gonna have to get out and be in traffic. It's gonna bullshit, but I think right. they've done a nice job of, uh, you know, getting everybody out. But uh, yeah, that was the, the first one of the things I saw this past week was the 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 game, and I, I do think I'll try again next year, um, mm-hmm. just because I do want to see him Le- LeBron play, and I definitely know that I did the good thing and, and bought like the the super nosebleed tickets because um, I mean everything looked fine, like it was it wasn't like a crazy distance, and also I would have been pissed if I'd have been like, well. I spent a thousand dollars on two tickets, and he's not even playing. Right, I would have been right very yeah. upset. But uh, but yeah, that yeah, the, the the game was fun. Sounds good, man. Um, never been to a live basketball game. Uh, so as far as it mm-hmm. being live, did it, I I feel like I've heard the NFL games live can like really like bog down a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, what's your opinion on like it- NBA live? NBA Live, the the crazy. I was in the cities we were walking out. The craziest thing is that because you're not constantly bombarded with stats, you kind of don't realize that players are scoring a lot. If that makes any sense, like oh yeah, like Westbrook was shitty in the first half. Like he was he was he was West Brick, right? Like he right. was be, he was missing everything. And then about halfway through the fourth, I was like, oh cool, you know he's been. I've noticed he's been scoring. I, I'm guessing he has probably like. 18 points 20 points that dude had like 35 he actually right. was the first player since kobe to score 30 and a half since kobe's last game and i was like i didn't which even means notice. he really was west brick in the first half. <laughs> yes yeah i think he ended up with like 38 or something but yeah and he was just like like in the second half like it, it, it's also it shows you just how like quick and shifty these guys are right because i've been to a lot of uh, college games and you know it's a lot about movement and you know sometimes you'll see a guy drive but it, it it's like a very basic drive you know just goes goes into the body yeah. of the defender and then puts it up but like Westbrook is doing these like in and outs even at his age right he's like in and outs and like pulling it up and like dude like even mellow right he like right. drove to the best line and then pulled up for a, like a 10 footer um it, it's just like they're so much faster and they're, they're, they're like really shifty and um yeah, I really you get an appreciation for how fast the game moves at the pro level as compared to college. Um, but yeah, I think I thought Sydney. I was like, I think that's like the one biggest difference is that you know Melo had like twenty five, and I was like, or not Melo, La Melo. No, yeah, Melo too. He had like eighteen. I was like, when the fuck did he score eighteen? We were watching the whole <laughs> game. Like, where did these points come from? Like, you just kind of, I don't know. I guess because you're you know when you're watching the game, you're constantly being like, oh. Every time they make a basket, be like, well, Westbrook's now we have 7 of 14, and he's got 21 points, right? Like, they're constantly updating right. you, so it doesn't feel like that. But that, that I would say that that's the biggest one. It's a, kind of a weird one, but that's the, the one that I noticed the most. You know, I, I can totally see that. Because, like, I feel like, I feel like I've had those games with certain players, like, even, like, watching. Even, even getting all the stats. Like, every once in a while, 
Like, I feel like there'd be a Tim Duncan game where they'd be like, Tim Duncan with 25 points. I'd be like, huh? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and 14 rebounds. Or right. Like, what? what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he, there wasn't a single play that Tim Duncan did this game where I was like, yo! Like, how does he have that many without, like, ever, like, lighting someone up? Um, yeah. But so I can imagine that even more so, like, in person, how easy it would be for that to happen. Yeah. Um. So, uh, the, I guess what I'll talk about is what, uh, I have been doing recently, which is Mm -hmm. I've been playing more Persona 5, um, and I've come into a bit of a predicament, Mm -hmm. um, in which I believe I'm about halfway through the game. All right. Mm -hmm. But to clarify, I have like 45 hours in this game, so it's a long one. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm about halfway through. And so I knew, I've known, all right, so there's three three Persona 5 games, right? There's Persona 5, Persona 5 Strikers, which is like a whole separate thing. It's like a, it's like kind of like a little baby sequel. Like, we're just going to ignore that for the sake of this conversation. And then Persona 5 Royal, or Royale, I'm not sure. Um, so, the, the issue I have is that I was under the impression, right, that... Persona 5 Royal was just Persona 5 mm-hmm. with the DLC, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of, like, a good uh, example, but I think you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, there'll be, like, fucking uh, Assassin's Creed fucking... Is it, like, even, like, Spider-Man? Edition. You know, like, what they do, like, Spider-Man is, like, the Miles Morales is included, or, like... No, no, it's, it's like a, um... I'm trying to... The, the other example I can come up with is also Royal, which is why I'm not trying to use it. But, like, there's Final Fantasy XV, and there's mm-hmm. Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition, which to me, or which is Final Fantasy XV plus all the DLC. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you buy this edition. Like, yeah. it's it, like a Game of the Year edition, where it's like, oh, it comes with the fucking um, DLC or whatever. Yeah. I thought that's what it was. Come to find out, it is a whole separate fucking game. And mm. what I mean by that is that it is, it is, it encompasses all the events of the first, of Persona Five, mm-hmm. but it adds a whole end chapter, which is like, oh DLC, but no, because it also adds things to the first two thirds of the game. Like, like I think it adds a third, right? Like mm-hmm. you're in high school in this game, so it's like there's there's two semesters in the base game, is what I've gathered. And that the the deal or Persona Five Royal has three semesters, so it adds like an extra third on the end, but it also adds extra things in the first two, and there's like more people, like there's more, there's more of everything. They've added more stuff in the first two, and also added a chunk at the end. So I'm sitting here now, and I'm like, well, fuck me, because I think this game's great, right? I love this game, but I'm 45 hours in, I'm halfway through. When I finish this, I. Mm-hmm. I'm going to know that there's more, right? <laughs> but when I yeah. go to do the other one, I will start over and I will have another fucking, I don't know, 100 hours to go, right? Like, and so I'm like, in my head right now, I'm like, fuck, do I finish this one or do I stop and go buy Persona 5 Royal and then like just start over even though I'm halfway into this one? Like, I, I'm running like a real fucking... Um, running into a bit of a predicament here where I'm like, do I just throw away this 45 hours or do I finish it and then start over again? Like, 
with the next one. You know what I mean? Um, and I think what I've figured out is that I'm going to finish this one and then play Persona 5 Royal because I, for the first time, like, in this game, mm-hmm. I realized I had messed something up mm. in terms of something that could not I could not get back, right? What? So, like, there's there's a moment in this game mm-hmm. where, like, part of this game, I feel like I told you, it's like, I, I, com- I compared it to, like, uh, final elements of, like, a regular RPG, like Final Fantasy. You got a little bit of some Pokemon shit here and a little bit of Sim shit here, where it's like you got, like, the social aspect, like, the, the you know, monsters and whatever. So, like, the social aspect, you have all these different relationships with people, and you can rank them up, right? Like, you can, you spend more time with them, they rank up, and then it helps your other aspects. But, while I was doing a social thing, I had an option to choose who I was going to hang out with, right? And there was only one fucking option, and I was like, fuck. Like, clearly there are supposed to be more, because you wouldn't have fucking, it's like, who do you think we should hang out with? And the only option was, like, hang out with this guy. And I was like, Fuck me! I'm supposed to have way more <laughs> options. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. like, like I did. I, I knew uh-huh. that. Like, it's very clear that you can do this a bunch of different ways. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, like, you can. But I was kind of always under the impression that like, a lot of the game is time management, and I was like, oh, I'm just like, I'll get to that thing later than some other people will, but I get to other things earlier, right? You know what I mean, like. Right. Overall, it's all the same. Like I'll still end at the same amount of everything. But then I saw that, and I was like, "Oh no, I fucked. I fucked. <laughs> Somewhere fucked up. Line, I fucked up a, a chain. I fucked up like a storyline coming." Right, exactly. Like yeah. I didn't spend enough time with this person. I missed out on this. Like, and the other thing is, I looked it up just to see. I was like, "What? There's like four other people <laughs> that I could be spending time with." And I was like, "What have I done?" <laughs> <laughs> It's so, a true, like, butterfly effect. It's like you, like, didn't talk to, like, an old lady, and she didn't talk to this guy and that guy. and Right. And so, like, my thing was just, like, so now, with that being said, like, I'm, like, I feel less bad about playing through it again. Right? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm going to finish this one and then know that when I start the fucking Royal, the Persona 5 Royal... Like, I'm going to know. Like, all right, I really have to fucking tighten up. Like, (laughs) like shit matters way more than I think it did, apparently. And (laughs) I need to just fucking buckle up and and fucking make sure I'm getting all this. Because, like, a a big portion of this game is time management. Like, every event happens on a deadline. And so, like, the best way to explain it is you generally get two actions a day. Mm -hmm. Like, and the, the main villain or whatever will be like... Something will happen, and without spoiling anything, because I don't want to spoil anything if anybody ever thinks about playing this game, um, is that, like, the villain will be like, I'm going to do this thing, but then that thing doesn't occur for three weeks, right? So you have 21 days to stop this thing from occurring. And so, like, a big part of this game is, like, balancing out, like, all right, do I need to strengthen these relationships with these people? Do I need to go attack this villain? Do I need to... um, you know, work on my own stats, like train my own stats kind of thing. And you only have 21 days to do it. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, it's so much of this game is like managing your time, like picking which things you do on which days to make sure that by the time you get to 21 days, everything's clear, everything's done. You've cleaned up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so again, with that being like a really large focus of this game, 
I think it's going to be the kind of game that's worth replaying. I feel like you're going to... Like, I know for a fact the very first event that happened in that game, I did so suboptimally. Like, there were things that I thought mattered and didn't. And so, like, I treated them extra carefully and it just didn't fucking matter. And wasted mm. a bunch of time with. So, I'm like, I think I'm going to go back and I'm going to do, like, much better on the next run. So, I'm excited okay. for not only finishing this one I've done, but starting again. Um, which is probably a sign of a pretty solid game. <laughs> I, I, I And I know what you mean about, like, feeling like, fuck! Because I'm, you know, I'm wrapping up Odyssey, finally, before um, Forbidden West. And there was a point where they were like, which one is the part of the cold member? You choose. Do you have evidence? I'd be like, yeah, it's uh, John over there. And then, because I thought I had enough evidence. And they're like, you don't have enough evidence. We're going to punish you. And I was like, wait, what? Huh? Well, shit, shit. Oh, no. (laughs) I mean, luckily, they just kicked me out. And I was able to, like, figure it out how to get back in and stuff. But, like, in that moment, I was like, fuck. Oh, shit. Fuck. You know, because I had the option to be like, (coughs) excuse me. I had the option to be like, no, I'm not ready. I'll come back with more evidence. But I was like, I have enough, I think. Right? Like, I've been doing this for a while. Right. And then I did it, and they're like, nope, sorry. And I was like, no, shit, oh, damn it. <laughs> but it could be way worse, but luckily it wasn't. flimsy at best. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, I just, I don't know, that like simultaneously devastated me and made me feel way more confident for the, the next run, what I eventually do. Um, so I, I nice. that's just where I'm at with that. I'm fucking 45 hours into this thing, and I'm fucking, I'm still all here for it, for sure. But like, yeah. Boy, I like before I learned. I learned that before I learned that I had missed things. So in between that time, I was like, "Fuck!" Like, do I want to do this again? And then 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 I realized, like, I missed things, and I was like, "Oh, I, I definitely want to do it again." So I'm good now. (laughs) Um. So yeah, Persona Five, definitely. uh, Again, would 100 percent recommend. to to really anybody that thinks they would enjoy like a turn based RPG at all, mm. like even and even if that's not like super crazier thing, there's enough mm. other elements um, that make it interesting. I would just say like if you 100 percent like I fucking hate turn based RPGs, then then maybe not. But if you're right. like if it's not a deal breaker for you, then I think there's enough other stuff to definitely keep you interested. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I know what you mean. It's like if, if this is like the best version of that, then I think it always, you know, manages to um, extend past its limits, right? Like if, right. Like, like, like if I was like, I forgot who I was telling. I was like, they didn't like like sci-fi RPG, or I, I don't remember what it was exactly. And I was like, because I was talking about uh, Forbidden, uh, Forbidden uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, and I was like, this is like the best of that. So even if you don't like it, you know, you'll find something in, in either it's in the designs. Or in the like open world or something, right? The best versions right. of those things, you know, end up being like transcendent, you know. Right. Yeah, and that that's definitely how I feel about this one. Um, so that's uh that's basically all I've been doing lately. Cool. Um, cool. Uh, anything else you've watched uh, other than the Lakers Hornets game? Yeah, I managed to finish up a series actually just today. The um, Station Eleven, the one that I watched. Um, I mentioned a couple weeks ago about watching the, the series premiere and how it got me excited for The Last of Us. And I finally finished it up today, and it was fantastic. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed this one. It was sort of one that I wasn't expecting much from. I, I, I sort of went into it kind of being like, I've heard you know, solid things. It's a short series, so it's just like commitment of 10 episodes, and that's it, and then I can move on. You know, that's it. 
Um, but it was one that I was really, really genuinely surprised by. And it's probably up there with like a John Wilson and a couple of other ones last year where I was like, this is like some of the best TV. This is like peak TV, right? This is like oh, some shit. of the best TV I've seen. Um, so it, it works kind of like, um, you know, the virus, a virus hits and kills 99% of people, um, in like present day, like now. Right. And then okay. that's half of the story. And then half of the story takes place. 20 years down in the in the future when you know this little girl that you meet in the present day grows up and becomes like uh, part of this traveling uh sim uh, they call it the traveling symphony but it's like a a, a group of actors who, and musicians who go around performing things for people in the future basically keeping culture alive and so the stuff in the future like the stuff in in like 2040 is pretty good it's it's solid i think there's a couple of confusing parts in terms of the characterization of, like, the antagonist. But it, for the most part, it, like, works, right? But I think when the, the episodes that the, the the series shines are the ones that are set in 2020. So it's five episodes, you know, it's ten episodes, right? But I would say it sort of alternates between the two. So, like, episode one is, like, the day of, right? When everything goes to shit and, you know, people are panicking at the hotel, or the, not the hotel, the hospitals, and, like, overwhelming them. And that's, like, episode one. And then episode two is, like, when we first meet... Um, our hero Kirsten in the future, right? And then the all episode two is like catching up on what it what that is, and then okay. three goes back to like a different character in the present day. But like you see how they are connected, and the ones set in like when it's all going to shit are fantastic. They're so good, and each one focuses most primarily on the same characters. Um, but then you, you it's sort of like um, you realize that characters are more connected to each other or have relations that you probably didn't realize and I, I don't know how to how to explain it there's this sort of i don't want to say magical realism over the whole thing because then i don't want people to watch and be like well that wasn't where's the magical realism but there's this sort of like faint like ever so slight like tinge of like fate i guess running through the whole thing um and uh, sounds kind of like i said uh, i've always described metal gear which is that's like 90 yeah. percent like technical espionage and like 10 percent magic yeah there's yeah, like there's yes, some yes. extra to like there's, like there's just weird something. some weird shit happens like it all yeah. just kind of seems like a little bigger than the story mm -hmm. yes absolutely because it's definitely not you know i mentioned the last of us when i first mentioned it I and mean, that's very like um matter of fact right right it's like tactile it's like getting this girl across the country that's it right she, she had no connection to Joel before everything started. Like that's you know, it, boom, boom, boom. Like that's the way it is. Um, this isn't like that. It's a little bit different. Um, I, I have, I, I do know um, people who I've told to watch the show said that they've read the book because I know it was a really popular book. Um, and they're like, well, I don't know if I can handle it right now because apparently, or they said they're like, I don't know if I can handle it. But apparently, the book is much darker and the show takes on a much more optimistic view of everything. Mm -hmm. Somebody was saying it's like. Um, a different version. It's like a different. This is the same. It's like a different adaptation. It's like a, it's an adaptation, of course, but it's a, it's a more optimistic, positive adaptation. Interpretation. Like. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I definitely I, I agree because people were like, "It's I don't want to watch the show. It's gonna be really dark." And I was like, "But it's not. Like, I mean, yes, it deals with the virus, and yes, for some people, it might be a sensitive topic at the moment. But I think it handles it, especially with how the future looks. Um, with like I said, um." Um, a really nice humanity and grace and i think if it's if you're somebody who's listening and you read the book and you're like i don't want to do that right now trust me the, the, the show 
isn't that? And right. I, so the podcast I was listening to earlier today about it said that they, one of the hosts thought that this is a situation where the adaptation is better than the source material. And I was like, oh shit, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's Station Eleven. It's on HBO Max. It's 10 episodes. Each one is about between 50 minutes and an hour, but I, they all flew by. I, I mean, I, I, know, I, maybe one episode here or there where I was like, okay, like, especially the ones, like I said, taking place in the 2040, where I was like, okay, you know, this is fine. Like, it's, it's not, not bad. It's just, it's pretty good. Right. But like I said, the, the ones in the present day make 120,000% the whole thing worth it and the finale was great and i didn't feel like it it left anything hanging i would i want a second season probably not just because i don't know there's a lot of stuff here right a lot of stuff in 10 episodes Mm -hmm. i don't know what possible story they could have with these characters that would fill another 10 hours so i'd rather just leave it be because they try to do a sequel for something like uh, big little lies and that shit stunk like they (laughs) episodes just like and like literally like the second season starts and you're like all right cool we're back in it 50 minute episode let's go and then by episode five they're like 30 minute episodes and they literally just go from scene to scene like nothing happens and the episodes just like end right like somebody will be like walking will be like you know what next week i gotta figure out what i'm gonna do about patricia walks down a hallway cuts to black directed by so-and-so like (laughs) wait what there's no like story in that episode it just ends right and so i I would rather them just leave it alone 10 episodes of an awesome miniseries and be done because anytime they try to do a sequel or when if it ends up being a sequel like that it's gonna be fucking shit so i'd rather them just leave it alone right yeah and uh, i'm trying to think off the top of my head i can't come up with anything else but i know there Mm. have been things like it in terms of like the one version of something just being like not wildly different because like like most of the same stuff usually happens it's just like tweaked in ever such a way that it like changes like the message you know what i mean like yeah like we we take a different thing away from it yeah Yeah. oh yeah oh my gosh i just i just realized i have have something else it's not on here but i finished um no country for old men the book today oh okay um and it's um that's dude i'll be really quick because i I do want to move on to like the next topics because there are a lot but that is one dude where like it is fascinating how close it is to the movie but then also (laughs) how it's not like the violence i'll focus on the violence then we can move on but the, the the violence in the movie is very simple r you know, you and I have right. talked about before about the, the levels. It, not everything that is rated R is not all the same, right? It's very slightly. I would say. Well, have you seen it? No Country for Old Men. Yeah, not a whole lot. I've seen it mm-hmm. a, maybe two or three times, probably. Would you say that the violence there is probably like slightly above the Matrix, right? Like it's not like if somebody gets shot, it's like not off camera, but you'll see them like. The worst thing I think you see is like the guy gets that little rod in his head, right, in his forehead. Yeah, so like that. See, that's definitely probably the worst of it, but like, man, I it, I think it might be a little more personal than the Matrix, but it's certainly not as like gratuitous, like in terms of like the amount. You know what I mean? Oh, like yes. the Matrix guy, yeah, fucking shooting people. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, oh yeah. No, I, I mean just like what you see, not necessarily the intent, but just right. like what you see. Like it's just like like when he shoots um, Woody Harrelson, right? He just shoots him in the chair, and you see, and he just like slumps over, right? Yeah, chair. exactly. You don't even see it yeah. hit Woody Harrelson, right? Exactly. And 
what is fascinating, I, I tweeted this out. I was like, you know, it's, it's crazy how much tamer the violence is in the movie compared to the book because through the book he goes into descriptions like when he talks about shooting Woody Harrelson he's like Woody Harrelson put up his hand and like he blew off his hand and then his brain like half his head went off against the wall all the memories are like (laughs) against the wall and then he talks about um he shot these in a shootout with like the um, the Mexicans. He's like he shot him in the chest and like his chunk, the whole right side of his body like blew off and like exploded up against the wall and the windows. And like he goes into Damn. very graphic like like like. And I tweeted, I was like, I guess the Coens probably meant to do like movie violence, whereas Cormac McCarthy wanted to be like, no, this is what bullets do to bodies, right? <laughs> right. They, they turn, especially like the shotgun, the silent shotgun that he has, yeah. like, y- you turn into paste, and right. that's just how it is, right? Um, whereas I feel like, I think maybe the Coens were like, we kind of don't want to do that, because I feel like, rightfully, would distract from, I think, the more subtle poetic parts of the movie. Right. Um, but, <laughs> but just, just <laughs> reading that... Um, and somehow the sugar of the book is an even bigger fucking monster than the movie Sugar. Um, but, yeah, fantastic, fantastic book. And it, it's so cool, like, what they chose to keep, what they chose to leave out. Um, but I totally recommend, of course, the movie. Five out of five, perfect movie. And the book was really good. But, um, but yeah, but yeah, going back to what you were saying about the adaptation, it's interesting, like, what gets tweaked, what gets changed. And I think the, the movie actually does a makes a more explicit point that I think maybe the book doesn't make explicit is more subtle, which is that the movie the whole time or John Lee Jones, in the movie the whole time is like, yeah, this these days, man, I, I don't even know what's going on in this country. I don't even know what's going on in this world. It's like this, this sugar guy, man, where he doesn't, he doesn't know his name, but he's like this guy, he, like he's a monster that, you know, is new, you know, it, it, I'm not built for this. It's no, there is, this country isn't for me. There is no country for old men like me. And then toward the end of the movie, he meets his uncle and he tells him, it's like, what are you fucking talking about? This country has always been shit to people. Our old relative, he got gunned down in his, in his like front porch. Right. And the, I don't think the book ever makes that point explicit. It just kind of maybe hopes that you pick up on it. But right. I do love that the movie says, no, what you thought has been the point. This whole movie, it goes, no, the world has always been evil to people. You just have to know how to recognize it and recognize that it comes in different forms. Right. Yeah, that is, that is especially because even, even with that being said and you, and you saying it very clearly here and I'm like, Oh, but like, I, I know when I watched that movie for the first time, like when I was done with it, I was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, like I loved it, but I was like, I don't really know what the fuck's going on. Like, like yeah. after Especially one, after one or two watches, you're still just like, man, this shit's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's little weird things that they keep in the movie. Well, they, they, so there's these little bits of dialogue that basically the best bits of dialogue are directly from the book, Mm -hmm. but the Coens like add like the delivery Mm -hmm. and it's so, it adds this sort of like hominess to it that becomes like that the movie's funnier than the book basically because for example, at the beginning, Sugar, Enter Sugar goes to like the landlady's office and is like where's Llewellyn Moss and she's like I can't give you that information right in the book I can't give you that information and then he goes like you gotta gotta tell me and she goes I'm sorry I can't do that did you not hear me and then in the movie he's she's like I'm sorry did you not hear me I can't give you that information and it's just like these little things where like it's funny 
because of the delivery where they're, you know, it's, it's a little off of, right. not quite what you were saying, but it, that made me think of it, right? It's like the little, um, the little bit of uh, the tweak, right? Like, cause, yes. Cause if you read that straightforward, you would never put any real attitude to it. It would just be like, yes, like this person in their job is not allowed to give you this information. That's it. Right. right but exactly. then she delivers yes. it in such a way where like, you're like, oh, she's kind of being an asshole about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, um, yeah, it is, it is. It's weird the things people choose to keep or whatnot, but, um, but even yeah, what I, I guess where I was going with that original point was that like the fact that the book's even more subtle leads me to believe I one hundred percent would not have picked up on anything. Like I watched the movie once or twice, and like mm-hmm. I'm still just like, I don't really know what this shit's about. Like like <laughs> I haven't like put it all together. Like I also haven't really sat and thought about it a whole lot. Um, yeah. but like if the book's more subtle than the movie, it's not like the movie was like. I mean, you, the way you said it was very explicit, but I just feel like the movie, like, throws enough in there and, you know, like, there's enough shit going on that makes you wonder that, like, it, it's not quite that explicit to most people when they watch it the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially because it ends, it, the book and the movie end the exact same way, which is Tom Lee Jones talking about the dreams, uh, what he's dreaming of his dad. Right. And the movie just goes, you know, he, he describes these two dreams that he has. He's like, one, I don't really remember items of money. The second one is like, I remember my dad, you know, walking on a horseback. And he's, you know, his age when he died. But he's like somehow 20 years younger than me. And he like has a fire. And then I knew that he would be, he, you know, he rides ahead of me. But I knew that he would be there when I got there. And then the movie cuts to black, right? Right. right? And I remember watching that for the first time and being like, Wow, what the fuck? Like, right. what the shit? Like, the movie just ends. What the shit? I remember when to see it. I was like, okay. Yeah. But and then, but then reading the book now, I mean, maybe because I knew it was coming, or I thought that that's what, the way that it would end. It's such a better ending in the book. Really? Like, yeah. It's just like he's especially because toward the end. So the movie has you know narration from Tommy Jones right at the beginning, and that's it. And mm-hmm. then there's no narration from him again. Whether whereas the book has like. um Every twenty or thirty pages, a little like page or two of like an uh, internal dialogue that the mm-hmm. sheriff has, and I think that that because that ends that tie way. It up a little, yeah, later. especially yeah, and the toward like at the very very end, the last fifty pages, they get more consistent like every ten pages. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the book is awesome, and and if you watch the movie, you it helps you. Um, sort of make sense of certain things that maybe aren't described as. Or aren't as easy to, to comprehend right off the bat because McCarthy doesn't use punctuation marks. He doesn't use period. He uses periods, but that's it. So he doesn't use quotations. So if you're reading something, you have to remember the first person and then kind of go back and forth because he doesn't use quotations. He like he'll oh, be like, he like oh, Ed Tom said, "What have you done there?" And then it goes to the next line, being like, "Uh, what have you, uh just take out the trash?" Okay, but what do you take? And he doesn't go like taking out the trash. Said the deputy, right? Right. You, just, you have to like basically for a page or two, you have to sort of keep going back and forth, and then your mind do the heavy lifting of being like, okay, <laughs> that was that was Moss, that was whatever. And for me, it helped knowing the movie because I sort of knew maybe a line because they, they do a good, they do a very good job of picking up specific lines. He would be like, I'd be like, oh, that's the one that Woody Harrelson said. That's the one that Josh Brolin said. Woody right. Harrelson. And even if they added a line, a chunk of line that was in the movie, I'd be like, oh, that comes from that, right? Right. So. I think having seen the movie literally a billion times helped me read the book a little bit easier, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so that's uh, Station Eleven. And, yes, and, and No Country for Men. No Country for Men. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, fucking and, and and you know how we were talking about Back to the Future last week about yeah. how it's a five out of five, dude. No Country for Old Men, dude. It uh, it's so good. And have I talked to you before about how like that was the first Coen movies, Coen Brothers movie I saw? No, we hadn't now, talked about it. And so that was the first one I ever saw by them. And so they were like, "Yeah, this is a great Coen's movie." And I was like, "Oh, are all of them like this?" And so then I watched, I think, Burn After Reading the next year, mm-hmm. and it's a fine movie, but it's not. I mean, I think this is their best movie. And so then every other Coen Brothers movie I've seen, I'm like. What the shit? Like, where is this? Like, right? It's like, <laughs> I got the 10 out of 10. And then I'm not a big Coen Brothers fan. So all of them, I think, are like between like seven or eight. And even Lebowski, I think, is like an eight and a half. Um, I would get, you know, I watched Lebowski. I was like, what the fuck is this? Where are these, like, where are the good No Country for All Men? Where's No Country for All Men from like 10 years ago? But there isn't one because that's their peak. And I got their peak. Right. Like, like that was their first movie I saw. That's like, it'd be like if you're, I think we talk about it like, no, I was listening to a podcast you sent me, no skips, about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. They mentioned yes. that like the guy like was coming out of high school when this came out, and they were like, "How would it feel to like this be like your introduction to like music, and then everything else is just downhill?" <laughs> yes, like, yes, exactly. That is exactly right. That is so, yeah. That's exactly what it was. So me, I'm like an 8, 14, 15 year old kid when I first saw it. And I was like, dude, is, is this what all movies are going to be? Dude, I'm set for fucking life. Movies are awesome. <laughs> of course, that's not the case, right? Um, <sighs> Burn so. After Reading is the one with Brad Pitt, right? Yeah, where he's like, I, have you seen His final scene's in the closet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, I, I, uh, so dude, that, that movie has a scene that made me laugh the hardest I have ever laughed okay. in my life. It's the I one actually saw he, it kind of recently, but so go ahead. Where he he shows her the the chair in his basement. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't seen it, I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil it because it's so funny. So the whole movie is just sort of like it's the, it's the world's dumbest people trying to do the world's smartest plot, of right? Like corporate esp- or espionage. And so at one point, George Clooney goes on a date with Frances McDormand, and they go back to his house. And the whole, I think it sort of sets it up where like, oh my god, this guy's creepy. He has like a secret. He's gonna try and kill her or something. And so they go. And I think you've basement. seen flashes of him working on something in the basement before. Yes. And it's like yes. him like sawing wood, right? Like it's sawing like, wood and like, like looking at plants, wood. right? And you're like, yeah. oh shit, this guy's like fucking like saw, right? Yeah. And so he goes in the basement. And he's like, I have something to show you. And she's like, and you're like, okay. And, and you as the watcher, like, oh fuck, what is it? Oh God! Oh God! And he like unveils this chair, and, it, and she's like, "What is that?" And he's like, "You want to see?" And so he like pushes it, and it's like a reclining chair. He like pushes it, and it springs back. But when it springs forward, a pink dildo pops out from <laughs> under the chair. <laughs> and she's like, oh, "That's fantastic!" <laughs> and so that seems great, dude. So right, so I'm I'm cackling. But then later on, he gets pissed. I forget what he gets pissed about. And he's breaking it. Remember? He's like, oh, he's hitting with a sledgehammer. And then he hits the side and the dildo, like, pops up. And he grabs it and throws it against the wall. Oh, shit. I have, to, I have to show you the clip. Okay, I'm going to find it. Because I, dude, it's just the way that he hits it. He's like, fuck. And he, like, hits it. And then, like, the dildo, like, pops up, shoots up. I got to okay, I found it. Okay. It's 13 seconds long, and I'm about to send it to you because it is so funny. But the movie as a whole is fine, right? right. But, like, I, it's not No Country for Old Men, right? right. I just sent it to you. Let me oh, know if you on. got And so, uh, while well, he pulls it up, yeah, so John Malkovich... sitting around trying to memorize the fucking numbers to my fucking bank accounts. 
He's breaking the chair. <laughs> you just hear the, you hear like a like a fucking like a Looney Tunes spring, like a dude. I I remember watching that. I I could not stop laughing. It's just the I, fucking funniest scene I've ever seen in my life. Oh God! And so now every now and then on Twitter, be like, "What's this? What's a prop that you wanted to own?" Or like, like movie prop or something. Be like, I'd be like the, the dildo chair from Burn After Reading. <laughs> Uh, oh god alright oh that's money alright yeah. yeah okay maybe burn after reading is pretty good but yes. <laughs> it, it has a great idiot Brad Pitt performance but yeah like it, it, you start with tens and it's like what do you go from there right like how do you how do you Right. Yeah, you, like, like what? How do you recover? Like recover, everything after right. you're like, fuck, man! <laughs> I thought it was all gonna be like that shit before. Um, yeah, because I think you know, you and I, you know, now watching Marvel movies now, right? We mm-hmm. come to appreciate them, and even the ones that aren't great, we go, they're pretty good, right? Right. Because we grew up with Daredevil and Elektra, <laughs> right. and even the Fantastic Four, right? And the fucking shitty Catwoman, which was terrible, right? We were there, right? Like we we were, and even though we got Spider Man. And, you know, the first couple X-Men, like, we were there when it was shit. Like, pure shit, right? Yeah. So then now, we appreciate Endgames and No Way Homes. Whereas kids, like, if I'm a teenager, in the first, when I was five, I saw Iron Man. And the only thing I've known is pure excellence. And I'm like, well, you know, it's like, I don't know. You don't appreciate it, right? So right. I think it, it'd be the same thing, right? Like, I just, I walked into a Coen Brothers at No Way Home. And I wasn't there for the shit. I mean, other, other movies are, you know, good, but. I right there when they were not as good as I, I got you. All right, so um, moving on yeah. from the uh, the dildo chair, um, <laughs> let's, let's talk about uh, Super Bowl. Uh, I fucking I don't know why I said Super Bowl like I was gonna know which number Super Bowl it was. I think I've... it's uh, a <laughs> fifty six. All right, Super Bowl fifty six. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Super Bowl fifty six. Uh, the stage is set. Um, it is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. And man, I cannot believe that the fucking Bengals won. That, that is that, outrageous to me. Yeah. Um, we both we we were both right and wrong, right? Because I think we said Chiefs and we both said Chiefs and Rams, if I'm Correct. not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. So we we're kind of you know both right and wrong. And for a while there, you know, at at first, you know, I, I think. I was watching it um, a little bit at Sydney's parents' house because we were over mm-hmm. there on Sunday. And it, we were watching when I think, what's his name? Tight end. The big fat, the big tight end for um, Chiefs. Not Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey? Kelsey. Okay. Yeah, he scored a touchdown. It was 14 3. And I remember turning, telling Sydney, I was like, all right, we're sitting, let's hit the road. Like, it's over. Like, yeah. It's done. Like, at home, up by um, 11. They're cooked, right? Right. And then we're on the road, and somebody tweeted out something like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. And I was like, huh, what? I pull up the game, and it's 21-21. I was like, what? What the <laughs> fuck? Right? Like, Yeah, I, so I didn't I didn't watch the game, but I think it was 21-3 at one point. And I was like, I, uh, like I, I literally looked at that score, and I was like, yeah, that's what I expected. I guess I'm kind of glad yeah. I didn't, like, watch the game. <laughs> and then, like, I, like you said... I saw something on Twitter and I was like, "Huh?" 
And it, like you said, it was like 21-20. I was like, the fuck are you talking about? Like, how did this right. happen? It, um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say, right? Because it's like, if you, like, if you do it the other way, you go, the Bengals are up 21-3, be like, all right, well, I've seen that. We saw it literally when they went to the Super Bowl. They were down 10 points in every single one of their postseason games, right? So I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, don't count Mahomes out. Last week, right? Down right. 13 seconds, you know, down by three with 13 seconds to go, and they tied it, right? So you just go, oh, well, yeah, well it's tied, but they'll pull it out, right? And right. then so then we were on the road, and Sydney pulled it up on her phone, and we are watching it as we were going down the road, and it's just like, it's so weird because Romo, did you? So you said you didn't watch any of the game. I did or not. Or do you watch? So uh, toward the end, it was like ten minutes ago, and the Bengals drove down and they had a chance to score a touchdown, but they tied it or they they went up by three, mm-hmm. and then they give the ball back to Mahomes with about five minutes to go, and Romo kept saying, "Like, well, you know, if they get a couple first downs, this is it, right? Because all they got to do is just punch it in the touchdown. They could run this basically down to like thirty seconds and punch it in." And then they kept doing that, right? Dinking and dunking all the way down to like the ten. And that Sydney's like, "What are you do? like? What are you gonna do?" I was like, I, "They probably should let them score so that then they get a chance to score." Right. And then somehow the Chiefs didn't like they were. I think it was like first and goal at the five or ten, and they didn't score a touchdown. Right. And that, and then that the the the, the um the overtime the the pick. It's like it's weird because like it's like every time that you would think that the the, the Chiefs would break the other team. They just didn't. Right. Yeah, I saw, and again, not watching the game, but, like, once once you keep, like, see a score like that, you kind of just start checking up on it very frequently. Yeah. And, like, I saw it went into overtime, and then the Chiefs won the toss, and I was like, okay, now it's over. Right, exactly. Just like last week, right? You right. <laughs> and, then, and then I looked, and it was like, Bengals have the ball. And I was like, fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Like, the the craziest thing to me is that, like, I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, I guess I kind of know what it is. But, like, I couldn't name you more than four or five players on the Bengals. Like, and I uh, guess it's like that for every team, but the big names don't even seem as big as other names. So, I, yeah, I you mean, got I Joe mean, Burrow, I, who's second-year quarterback. You got Jamar Chase, rookie wide receiver. T. Higgins, I know because he's on my fantasy football team. <laughs> like, and the running back is Joe Mixon. M- Joe Mixon. And then That's on it. defense, they have. I don't know shit about their defense. I don't feel like I've heard anybody talk about their defense all year. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I've, yeah, I've heard I... about the Rams defense. I've heard about the 49ers defense. Like I've I've heard of the Cowboys defense. Like I, I don't feel like anybody's talked about the Bengals defense all year. Like. Yeah. And so I'm just like, where the fuck did this come from? And the other thing <laughs> is, like, uh, God, I wish I could see. Let's see. Um, the Bengals' record in the 2020 season was mm-hmm. four and eleven, and like in two years, they have somehow flipped that. Right. Well, this yeah. wait, this is 2020 to 2021. Which would be yeah, last, maybe last year? season. Yeah, last, last year. Season. Yeah. yeah, so four and eleven last year, and then the year before that, they were had, two and, had to be two worse. And, two and fourteen because they got Burrow. They had the worst record. Right. So they went two and fourteen, four and eleven in the Super Bowl the next year. What the fuck? Like, yeah. That's why I don't know any of the players on their team. Like, you kind of pick up <laughs> on osmosis just because if someone's 
if a team's good for four or five years, you just like different players make enough plays over the course of that amount of time, you start to remember them. You know what right. I mean? But like, not or you, not the fucking um, Bengals, bro. <laughs> yeah, or this is they're like, um, you know, that the first year that Mahomes went off, right when he won right. MVP, and like they didn't make it to the Super Bowl, they made it to the conference championship. This is like those. This is the kind of team where they do like they win like a game, maybe two, and then you go, oh, dude. They're set. Like, they're going to be good for a while, right? Right. Like, That's the thing, is if they had... Making it to the playoffs was already, like, proof of concept for them, right? Like, oh, like yeah. look, this team can work. Like, we made the playoffs, like, two years after going 2-14. and 14, We've done a great job. And then you win two games, you're like, look, we really fucking nailed it. They're in the Super Bowl. <laughs> like, <laughs> what and, the fuck? And I was telling um Sydney that... um. You know, her and I watched that Chargers Raiders game, the the one the Monday night or the Sunday night football. It was week uh, week eighteen. It was like the last game of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Where they were like looking a little fucky, and they were like, "Are we going to tie? Like, do we want to tie?" Right? And then the the right. Chargers coach called the timeout, and then that's when the Raiders went for the kill. Right? They went for the right. Um, I was telling Sydney, I was like, if that dude misses that kick, or no, if that guy <clears throat> doesn't call a timeout, they tie, and then they end up in different seeds. And the Bengals more than likely maybe don't make it that far because they barely beat the Raiders in the first round of the playoffs, right? They won, right. I think, on like a they won like on a very short. It was a very close game. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And then they barely beat the Titans. So like it, it, the butterfly effect of them playing somebody else, like the odds of them also still making it to the Super Bowl are so low. Right. And just because they got called a timeout, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. So. Um... The other thing I got to say I've learned from, I think, this week's playoffs, again, I, did, I didn't watch either game, mm-hmm. uh, but based on what I'm seeing, I am much less confident in the Rams. Like, I think the Rams kind of just played down to whatever team they're playing against. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, feel oh, like yeah. They can, I feel like they could have competed with the fucking best teams in the league, but, like, they didn't really show me much against the 49ers and who they played last week. Uh, uh, the bu- the Bucks, and they almost blew that one. Right, they almost blew that one, and it's just like, man, like I, I, I'm just getting a weird feeling now, right? Right. And so, like, the Bengals seem the opposite, right? The Bengals are a team that plays up to the level of what they mm-hmm. need to. It seems. Yeah. So, like, I, I really think there's a chance the Bengals are going to walk out Super Bowl champs. Like, and it's not yeah. like, it's not just like a Cinderella underdog. Like, I mean, it kind of is, but like. It's not one of those situations where it's, it's not David and Goliath, right? Right, right. Um, no, yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, and you know, we talked about it last week, but I, I think, you know, we can talk about it now because I think this episode comes out two or three days before the Super Bowl. But I think this is, like, one of the few Super Bowls where, like, whichever side wins, it's kind of like, I'm okay with that. And not just that, but, like, right. quarterback. Either quarterback. Like, this sort of just cements a Hall of Fame for either quarterback. And I know it's super early for Burrow, right? But all, all he has to do is just literally, if he wins this one, just put up a shit ton of stats for, like, the next 10 years. That's all Aaron Rodgers did. in the did. Super Bowl. Sorry? I was like, that's all Aaron Rodgers did, right? Oh, exactly, like, right? And Kurt Warner, I mean, Kurt Warner, he had, like, two or three well, he just was, really great seasons. But he and they put him in the Hall groceries. of Fame. Right. But he was bagging groceries. Oh, but he was bagging groceries, yeah. <laughs> Watch me. Why should I give you the keys to this office? <laughs> God, Ugh. but um, and so he only really had like, I think you know he had from ninety nine through like two thousand one three really great seasons, and then he had two really good seasons with the Cardinals and two Super Bowl trips, and they put him in the Hall of Fame, right? 
Right. But all Burrow has to do is just put up really, really good stats after the Super Bowl win, and he's set. And then, yeah. um, what's his name? Um, Stafford already has the stats. Right. And if he wins, he's going to have at least four or five more years under this McVay offense, and he's going to put up ridiculous stats again. And he's guaranteed Hall of Fame, right? Right. Um, puts a crown jewel on Aaron Donald. Cements uh, Jalen Ramsey in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Von Miller was already going to the Hall of Fame. Now he goes in with two. Right. Um, OBJ. That's, yeah, I was about to say, OBJ's got like a whole different vibe around him after that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on the other side, same thing. You know, you know, Bengals, if Jamar Chase starts off with a ring and he puts up the same ridiculous level of stats, Hall of Fame right there, right? Like, I think it's like, it, it cements Hall of Fames on both sides. Mm-hmm. Even ones that haven't happened yet, but the talent on the Bengal side, those two are is so noticeable that unless barring a horrific injury, I don't see how he doesn't become like um, who's equivalent like a top. Like I'm trying to think of somebody who's like puts up really good stats year to year, but doesn't like not Drew Brees, maybe like slightly under Drew Brees, right? Right. Like um, like a Philip Rivers, right? Like a Philip gotcha. Rivers, but with a ring, right? Like, right. And that's really? probably the the big thing for Philip Rivers. You know what I mean? Like, right? Yeah. That, that's yeah. if if Philip Rivers had a ring, he'd be in the Hall of Fame easy. Oh, absolutely. Like, and he might still be, but like, I think he does. But it's like one of those like eh, maybe not the first year. And, you, and even yeah. then, right? He gets in, and you go, well, you know, that's not cool. But like, you never got the ring, bro. Right? Right. Even if it's just one. Yeah. So I think yeah, that this could be the thing that like just makes it easy going from then on out. You know what I mean? Right. Right, and you know, you and I have talked before about you know the the levels of rings, right? Rogers' ring, one ring now looks pretty funny because of his talent, right? You have this uh, massive four-time MVP, fucking like the best, the most gifted uh, quarterback of all time. He only has one, right? right? Whereas Kurt Warner, you get this guy's pretty good, put up really solid stats, one ring, dude, yeah, Hall of Fame for sure, right? Yeah. So I think. You know, Burrow gets one, and you're you're, you're Philip Rivers with the ring, I think eventually. Yeah, I think so. I th- I think that's a it's a good uh, forecast on that. Yeah, yeah. So um, do you think? So you who who's your pick? Who's your like your like? All right, this I think, this I think team. the Bengals. The Bengals. Okay, I think I think the Rams. I think the right. Rams. Um, but it will be closer than people think. I think a lot of people are are. I think the favorites probably are the Rams. I don't know the line. I think so. Um, but I think, and I saw that people being like Aaron Donald against that Bengals offense. Oh, dude, they're going to fucking just destroy them. He's going to eat. Cause remember they gave up nine sacks against the Titans and Ooh, they still fuck, won. You're right. Yeah. The Rams are favored by four and a half points. Um, See, but that's the thing. I, I, that's a lot. Yeah. Right? Like I, I think it's going to be closer. I would say like maybe one and a half, maybe two and a half, but like yeah, probably two and a half or three. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Burrow stats: 34 touchdowns, 14 picks. Stafford had 41 touchdowns, 17 picks. Yeah, I think it'll be a good game regardless. Um, oh yeah. So I'm definitely excited for that. Oh, yeah, Cooper Cup, 1900 yards. Jamar Chase, 1400 yards. Yo, is Cooper Cup like top five wide receiver in the league? <laughs> He has the most yards in a season ever, like, if you combine postseason, right? That, right. What like, the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, I knew he was good, but, like, god damn. This is, like, right? another like, level. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm looking at – let me look at his stats. So, he's been with the Rams for five years, since 2017. And 
So here are his totals. He had 800 yards, 500, 1100, okay, 900, okay, 1900. Yeah, that's insane. He had like, 50, his, he has 50 more catches this season than his previous high. And what's funny is the two the two seasons before, I'm pretty sure he wasn't the number one option on the team. Like yeah, I think uh-huh. it was Robert um, Woods. Robert Woods, yep, yep. And so it's like, does that mean he would have? Like I think the question before this season, like or as the season started, like was he able to get 1,100 yards because he wasn't the number one receiver, right. or is the reason he only got 1,100 yards is because he wasn't the number one receiver? You know what I mean? Like, right, right. was it a hindrance or a so, help to him? And I think that this year has <laughs> answered that pretty, pretty aggressively. So he, so let's say you know what's his name, Stafford plays four or five more years. And maybe he doesn't get 1,900 yards right again because that's Bonkers. insane, yeah. ridiculous, right? The second most ever. Let's say he gets 1,200 for five, four or five more years. That puts him at 10,000 yards. And let's say he gets uh, the same number of touchdowns he's had uh, now, maybe like 10 more. Puts him at 90 touchdowns, 10,000 10, yards in a, in a Super Bowl. That's a Hall of Fame. Yeah, for sure. And, so, like, like, and out of nowhere, basically? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Right, right. I mean, because you, you... Like, my you, man wasn't coming man. out of the draft. Like, people were like, oh, you gotta watch out for Cooper Cup. Like, like, Jamar Chase, right? Right, right. exactly. Yeah, that's that's insane. Let me um, look at Edelman. Because people always go, is he in the Hall of Fame? You know, Edelman? And people go, well, he has three rings. But I, I don't, right? When when he retired, that was a conversation people were having. And I think you and even we had it on here. Um, but I don't think his stats warrant it. But... I don't think so. No, let me look. Let me look. Let me look. I, maybe what's his name? Um, Cooper Cup probably already has more than he did. Why is the NFL website so slow? Why is All right, so what are we... I should stop going there. I need to go to fucking Pro Football Reference. Yeah, that's 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 the first problem, right? Oh God, there we go. All right, so for a career, Julian Edelman oh. had six thousand eight hundred yards. My man did a third of that in one season. <laughs> the fuck out of here! <laughs> I was like six. And he only had thirty. He only had thirty six touchdowns. No, no, dude. Cooper Cup already has four. No, okay, yeah. It's not even the same. No, get, get the, the fuck, fuck out, out of here. here. Get the fucking yeah. That's Ring of Honor shit. That's not. Yeah. What we <laughs> I like how aggressively we just shit on Julian Edelman for no reason. I thought it was closer, dude. I thought he was like. I thought he would have like maybe like eight thousand yards and like sixty touchdowns. This man already got eclipsed. <laughs> Right. Oh Here. shit! Um, speaking of Patriots, yeah. Speaking of Patriots, uh, Tom Brady is retired. Maybe uh, <laughs> who the fuck knows? May, what's going yeah. on with that. Did you so, see the thing today where Adam Schefter tweeted that Tom Brady in an interview was talking about people who want to get out ahead of the news, and people were like, like it, they were showing like the picture, like SpongeBob looking oh, yeah. for SpongeBob <laughs> on the wanted picture poster. <laughs> Or that Garfield one, where he's like, wow, yeah. I wonder who that's for. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're... <laughs> Look, the, the, we're all trying to figure out who did this. <laughs> oh, God. But, yes, yeah, so I don't way. know what the... How the fuck does that even happen? But, anyways. And, so, the crazy thing. So, you know, we were driving down to Sydney's parents the day before. Literally, everything happens when we drive. We're on the drive, <laughs> on these drives. And so, we're driving down, and um, I'm like, you know, just... Uh, on my phone and then it's like Tom Brady retires. I was like, Oh shit, I was like, City he retired and you know, immediately everybody starts tweeting out. Edelman's like, you know, great career, it was awesome. You know, everybody, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then we get to her family, to her parents, and then I see the tweet, like, no decisions have been made, we're still seeing it. And then I look on ESPN, and it still says retiring. I'm like, wait, have they not retracted? Like, why, is this a rerun? Like, why haven't they said anything? And then I saw the tweet that was like, nope, ESPN is standing by it. They have sources that say that he's definitely retiring. I was like, oh, shit, okay, all right. Well, damn, you know, you would think that they, they, they would be like, well, you know, we're gonna hold off. But they're literally like, no, he's retiring, right? And the fact that... I was telling her parents. They're the also that doing that in the face of the man himself being like, I'm not sure. Exactly. Right. And I was telling her dad, I was like, the thing is, all he has to do is just go on Instagram live and be like, hey, guys, I saw some news reports about me retiring. That's not the case. God bless. Thank you. But he's not. Right. So right. there's something. It's there. like, well, I think like, I think they got some sort of like very, very. I don't know. They must have gotten some sort of information, like, about a decision, like, that Tom Brady has made, but, like, isn't public yet. Like, if, I mean, I don't, this is not a good example, because I don't know if this actually exists. But if, like, Tom's selling his house in Tampa Bay, like, you know what I mean? Like, how they always right, do that. Right, yeah. It's like, well, if you sell the house, you're definitely fucking not staying there. Um, So it's like, they got some sort of that information, but that information isn't public yet. And it's like Tom Brady's just wanting to be like, eh, fuck you. Like, like, like mm-hmm. I'm not, you're not taking me. Um, <laughs> I don't, I, you don't fire me, I quit. Like, he, he's <laughs> like, he's like, I'm, they're like, we're, re- he's you don't retiring. Tell me retire. I right. want to retire. Right. They're like, he's retiring. And they're like, I don't know. And he's like, ESPN not being able to, you know, give out their sources is like, not, he's selling the fucking house. And like, but we can't say that. It's like, well, he is retiring, and so Tom Brady's out here being like, I don't know. And the like, the thing is, is like, Tom Brady just played ESPN for fools because now, even if he retires, he'd be like, look, I wasn't decided back then, but now I'm definitely like, the more I think about it, I think I am retiring. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like now he can now he can make ESPN look wrong, even if they weren't. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, oh, no, I hadn't decided to retire yet, actually. Um, right, like, what is it now, January? If he, he could retire in March, right? right. Be like, hey, ESPN could be like, hey, we were right. Be like, no, you weren't, because you retired now. <laughs> right. And he gets to retire and say, fuck ESPN. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, so Tom Brady, I mean, it's always hard for me <clears throat> to say what you have posted here. But it's damn near as close as it can get. Which say, this man... There's there's very very little argument as to whether he's the greatest of all time, right? right. Like there's, like it, it doesn't feel good to say for me, like because I not even just because like I don't like him or whatever, but it's just like the weirdest thing is like, do I think that like, do I think that if I put Tom Brady and like Dan Marino like on the same team, do I think Tom Brady's teams will perform better than Dan Reno's teams. I'm like, I really don't know. Like if everything else is the same, right? Like right. and you just somehow plop them both. Like if you if you made a team on Madden, right? And left all the coaching, players, everything around mm-hmm. them the same and then swapped out Tom Brady and Dan Reno, like I don't I don't know that Tom Brady's teams actually perform better, but like you can't hold like, all the success against someone, if that makes sense. Like, like the fact that Tom Brady had Bill Belichick, right? Like, that mm. is... Oh, As yeah. much as we were shitting on Bill Belichick, like, what, last year? Like, he 
now it's like, oh, hold on now. Bill Belichick is right. Like, like <laughs> Bill Belichick's making this team look a lot better than it should, I think. You know what I mean? Um, so, like, but you can't hold that against him. So it's like, I don't, yeah, I mean, I guess he's got fucking more Super Bowls than, like, any team. So I, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I, I think the, I used to, I guess I used to be that, sort of think that concretely. And I, I think I still do. But I think the fact that he literally went to another team and then that first season just, like, won the Super Bowl, right? Which right. is, like, I would say is, like, the hardest thing, the hardest trophy to win in, profession, like, professional sports, right? And he yeah. just did it. And he just, like, went to another team. I was like, hi, I'd like to go to this other team. And he just did it. Like, even Peyton Manning, right, where he, like, managed to scout out the team and he went to the, Bron- the, the Broncos, right? Even he needed... I believe he won it at the end of his third season or his fourth season, right? Right. Even he needed multiple seasons. But Brady just went there and, like, that's it? Right, and- yeah. And, but, like, even still, even with that being said, though, that Bucks team, like, fuck. I, I don't know. Like, I look at that Bucks team, I'm like, that Bucks team was good. But then you like look like just the year before when they had fucking James Winston. You're like, wow, they did not do good. Like, like what the? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird how much like all that can change. You know what I mean? Right. But like, I, 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 but yeah. But yeah. also, it's James Winston. Like, he's bad. Like, I know you. I know you <laughs> like James Winston. But like, God, uh, it's so weird. Because like my other examples like Jared Goff, but then the Rams took Jared Goff to the Super Bowl, so I'm like, fuck, I don't know what the fuck. This shit's all it, it all doesn't make sense. There's too many moving parts. Um, yeah. so I guess like ultimately at the end of the day, and I guess that kind of brings me back to my point. There's so many moving parts in, in like football specifically, like in terms of like coaching. Uh, there's there's fucking 22 players on the field at every any given time. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's so much going on in football. That like it, even if you think that the the stuff other than that player helped, like you, mm-hmm. it, it's there, it's there's too many variables to take that into account for every single person. So I think at right. the end of the day, you kind of just have to look at Brady and look at his numbers and his fucking Super Bowl championships and him being good basically no matter where he went. And you'd be like, yeah, fuck, I guess. <laughs> like, like I like I said, do I really know? Like, do I think in my heart of hearts that he's that much better than Joe Montana, right? Like, I don't, right. I don't know. Maybe yeah. not. Like, but at the end of the day, like, fuck, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it just sort of happened, right? Like, like you're saying, like, you know, it, you go like, is it? But it, it, for me, like, like I said, you know, him going that first year was kind of like winning in the first year. It's kind of like when the switch happened to me with LeBron, where I was like, this guy is the best player to ever play in 2016, right? When he right. won. Because it was like it just like you just look at it and you go, holy shit, right? Like, right. And, he, and and so when you know and then when he was um when he won I think back against either the Falcons or when he beat the Seahawks one of those two, it was I was like oh damn he's got four or five and I was like, damn he's got the Super Bowl but now you know it's crazy but he can't be the goat because he doesn't have the stats and then he just caught up and got all the stats too <laughs> he, he he passed Ma- Manning he passed Breeze. And yards and touchdowns. He's got thirty-five playoff wins. The next guy, closest guy, has sixteen. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and also, and, it's just his longevity, which may or may not yeah, be yes. assisted. Um, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but like, because that's the thing too is like, 
honestly, like in their prime, I think I would take Peyton Manning over Tom Brady. Like I don't think mm-hmm. I don't oh, think I, Peyton Manning's teams around him were much better than Tom Brady's. Yeah, or oh, anything. Yeah, yeah. And I, mean, I like just, 04, I, like 04 Manning, and like I think like like 09 Manning, like the year after the Super Bowl, the one that where they went to the Super Bowl again. Yeah. Like the, Manning was ridiculous those years. Um, and you um, <coughs> excuse me, I somebody said that. He, he has more touchdowns in his 40s than he did in his 20s. That's so fucking goofy. This this man's on all sorts of fucking pharmaceuticals, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> Tom Brady is big pharma. That's my hot <laughs> take. He's like, oh, he's like uh, what's it, like Barry Bonds. That's why he retired. He saw Barry Bonds like, into the Hall of Fame. He's like, I better dip out or else they're going <laughs> yeah, to they, if they catch me, I'm fucked. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I already have, I've already almost gotten caught enough times, right? Like, like I'm yeah, out here smashing caught... my phone so people don't look into it. Yeah, if you get caught after you're in the Hall of Fame, they're not gonna kick you out. Remember, apparently somebody was talking about how, like, um, in the '70s, guys used to do amphetamines right. in baseball, and he was like, and the pitchers or the the hitters would be like, dude. I was so fucking high. It looked I could hit any baseball because the the ball looked like the size of the moon. Right. And you can like track like a, a tick in hits because the dudes are all in amphetamines. But like they're all in the Hall of Fame. So like what are you going to do, right? Right. So he's probably like, "Well, you know, if I get into the Hall of Fame now, by the time that the data comes out, I already got my gold jacket at home." <laughs> right. Exactly. So um so there's that. Uh and then I believe the uh do you want to touch on that last thing real quick? Yeah, just because it's I don't really have much to say right. on it because I, I feel like I haven't heard much from they haven't yeah they required. haven't said a whole yeah, lot yeah. about it yeah um, mm-hmm. but basically Sony has now bought Bungie um, yeah. Bungie uh, originally came to fame making Halo uh, that was their their big thing I think they made Halos one through three one through reach uh, reach okay reach was yeah. where I was like I'm not sure I was like I know they made ODST um, mm-hmm. but I, I couldn't remember where, where it happened after that. Um, they made Reach. I think Halo mm-hmm. 4 was after Reach, correct? Yeah, 4 so was, So, Halo 4 uh, was 343 Industries. Yeah. Um, and they sold, Bungie sold the rights to them, and from what I remember, could be misremembering, a lot of the guys that worked with Bungie at the start of Halo, um, started 343, and so when they sold the rights, it, like, kind of went back to, like, Halo's people, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, even though it's not Bungie, like, I think most of the... Um, higher ups and like the the real core of three forty three are the people that started on Halo. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I, mm-hmm. I, I think that's what I remember. Um, but now Bungie's biggest thing is Destiny, and when I say biggest thing, I mean their only thing, as far only as I thing. know. <laughs> um, which Destiny one was wildly, wildly successful. Um, and Destiny two was, I mean, obviously also successful in terms of like I think it made plenty of money, and I don't think like. Nobody's going to look at Destiny 2 as a flop. Um, but Destiny 2 was, I think most people would agree, like a small step down. At least at the beginning. And then I remember that Bungie... People were starting to realize they think that a lot of stuff was left out of Destiny 2. Because Activision was pushing um, them to get stuff out. And like to cut things to save money and then make more money in other spots. And so people kind of were speculating that Activision was the reason that Halo 2 was kind of... Um, or not Halo 2. Uh, Destiny, Destiny 2. 2 was not as good as they had hoped. Um, yeah. And so they split off from Bungie. Or, fuck. Bungie split off from Activision. 
and mm. has been releasing more content for Destiny 2 for a while now. Like, I think two or three years. Um, and people have been saying it's great. So, uh, my, my main hope, and basically, the other thing is you have to take all this with a grain of salt. Because it's all just fucking press conference speak. Um, uh, but like, Sony has said that they're basically, while they have bought Bungie, they're kind of just hands off. Um, yeah. like they are publishing, they are, uh, you know, funding all that. They obviously will reap some of the rewards, but they're basically like, we've bought you, but you've been successful. So we are going to leave you alone. Um, now that's what everyone says, right? Like, like no one yeah, has ever said, bought a uh, company that does well. And they're like, we're not touching it. And then, and then, and then the, the pink slips start coming through being like, well, you know, your, your role, thank you very much for your service. You know, you're not, you, your service is no longer required. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I, what I imagine is whenever destiny three comes out, um, that will probably be hands off. And then, you know, maybe later in Destiny's three's life cycle or after that, it, it, they're, I just feel like they have to get their hands in there. I mean, I just feel like they have to. My my benefit, or my reason for optimism, is that, again, as we've said before, like I think we have a long history of Sony doing that well. Right? Like, even when they right. get their hands involved, like, they don't... People haven't been like, wow, Uncharted shit nowadays. You know what I mean? Like, like everything <laughs> they touch seems to basically stay very well maintained. Like, it doesn't ever seem rushed. It, it really does seem that, you know, Sony maintains more of a hands-off than a lot of other studios. You know what I mean? And yeah. they are more concerned with releasing, like, a good product than, say, I don't know, EA. And, you know, with Dyson Battlefield 2042. Cough! The game's trash. Um... <laughs> Still fucking broken. Uh, but anyways, so Sony bought Bungie, $3.6 billion. Um, I can't remember the amount that Microsoft bought Activision for. Oh, it was uh, 68.7, I think. Fuck, my microphone was... cut, or my headset cut out right when you said that. What was the amount? Or roughly? 68.7. So 68.7, there's a lot more content with Activision Blizzard. Um, you got right. World of yeah, Warcraft yeah. and stuff. But, like, I, I feel like that's probably still a good value for Bungie. Like, I, I think, yeah. um, based on the goodwill they've garnered with the stuff they've done since, since they've left Activision, um, I think there will be a lot of hype for the next Destiny game or the next thing Bungie does. And as long yeah. as Sony helps them deliver on it, I think Sony can then turn Bungie into a, like, a staple, right? Like, you know what I mean? Right, that can yeah, be, yeah. That, that can turn into a Santa Monica Studios, like God of War, oh, yeah, or like yep, a, yep. a Naughty Dog kind of thing. Um, yep. As long as it turns out well. But, yeah. Um, I mean, now it's, I mean, who's who's next, right? Like, is Microsoft right. going to try and buy Ubisoft? Or, like, I think that's, like, where we're yeah. headed, where everybody's so, going to eat up everything else and just... Right, so as, I, be like, as someone who owns a PlayStation and not a Microsoft, or not an Xbox, but, like, I should view this as a win, right? Like, this is definitely good. Uh, also, they've said Bunge, or Destiny Bungie's projects are all still going to be multi-platform. Um, mm. Which is what uh, Microsoft said with Call of Duty, conveniently left out everything else. But, you know, <laughs> um, if Sony keeps it multi-platform, it is what it is. But, like, uh, at the end of the day, like I've said, it like, none of it's ever good. Like, I need to reiterate this to people because, like, I have people saying, like, 
Well, they said their hands off. It's fine. And I'm like, listen, like, <laughs> regardless of what. They can say that, right? right they, yeah. can, they can say that. But at the end of the day, if they're just hands off, then why the fuck did they buy the company? You know what I mean? Like, the reason <laughs> they decided to buy the company yeah. is because they were like, we <laughs> got to get our hands on it, right? Like, that's literally like, we can get our right. hands on this company. Exactly. Let's buy it. You know what I mean? So, it's always bad. Bigger companies gobbling up smaller companies, any medium, any place, any any country, any fucking industry, always bad. Mm-hmm. Always bad. Like, it's just, there's too many ways for it to go wrong. And of course there are probably, even if Sony turns out to be this benevolent, like, fucking, we're buying up all these places and we're letting them keep their creative visions intact and we're not touching anything. We just, you know, want to, we're helping fund and we take our skim off the top and it just, it, you know, it works out better for everybody. Let's say Sony is that, right? Like, at the end of the day, Microsoft is still going to compete with Sony. So Microsoft's going to gobble up more companies and maybe mm-hmm. they're dickheads. You know what I mean? Like, or even vice versa. Maybe Sony starts getting their, like, grubby hands on everything and Microsoft's, like, the virtuous one. But at the end of the day, Sony's still got to compete. So they're... It's still Sony buying up more companies they shouldn't, even if Microsoft's yeah. doing the right thing. You know what I mean? I mean, shit's gonna, yeah, she's gonna get carved up somewhere, right? Only, like, only gonna... place that's not getting carved up is Nintendo. Nintendo's just over here, like, <laughs> dog, we're crazy popular and we don't rely on anything else. Like, Nintendo's oh, yeah. just like, no, we do our thing and that's it. It's the craziest shit. Like, when you, when you compare <laughs> the, all the consoles, like, the fact that Nintendo is even like, uh, a competent company makes no sense. They're like, what do you have Call of Duty, the most popular game ever? Like, no. Like like Mario, <laughs> that, like do you do you have math? No. No, we just got these we got we got Mario Kart and they're like, "Dog, like what the fuck are you talking about?" And then they just point to their bank statement and they're like, "Yeah, I guess they're right. They're just like fucking wildly <laughs> successful. What the fuck is there's, going on?" There's a tweet that was like, "Yeah, we just made a theme park about a plumber." Like, <laughs> right, what the what fuck? Yeah, like, 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 fuck off. How are they successful? And I think it has to be that, like, at this point, they've, they nailed it so well early on that it's just, they're, like, we talk with a movie, like, when it starts well, like, as long as you don't fucking fumble it at the end, we're good. Like, if we go back to the beginning, right, like, fucking Atari and Nintendo, like, Nintendo has been around forever, and they have crushed it the whole time. So as long as they don't fumble it from now going forward, they're fine. I think that's where we're at, right? They're like, just put out a new Mario every year. Just fucking got more. We've been, they've been rocking with Mario Kart 8. Bro, when did. <laughs> yes. Fuck, oh my God. They haven't even made a new one. Like, 2014, 2013. I remember I told Sydney I, when, when we got her to the Switch because we got Mario Kart. And I was telling her, I was like. She was like, is this the new Mario Kart? You were like, no. And she was like, well, no. which one's the new one? And you were like, there isn't one. It's just isn't. old. Because we, um, at. Uh, 2014. We had a tournament, a Mario Kart tournament, and that was like the first one, or the the one that we used for it. And I remember so vividly because the guy who let us use it, he was like, "Yeah, you know, just, you know, you came out a little bit ago, and I, I, you know, I play often." And it was the upside down shit, right? Where they, it's like magnetized, right. right? And I remember being like, "That's so cool." And so then when we got the Mario Kart for Sydney's, I was like, "This is the same shit. <laughs> we just got Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> But it's even worse because it's just Mario Kart. But like, right, <laughs> but the thing is, it's still fucking great. Like, like, how is this possible? They, they can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> like, 
like, you still play Mario Kart, and you're like, God damn, it's the same game from eight years ago, but it's still kind of fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. This motherfucker's spitting. Um, <laughs> he don't miss. But like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. Nintendo's outrageous. But yeah, yeah, Sony bought Bungie. You know, they're going to be hands-off, supposedly, and, you know, maybe everything works out. But ultimately, I still just think it's a bad sign for the industry. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, like, I think what know. we're going to turn into, it's man, it's going to turn into, like, an Amazon thing, right? Like, where they just fucking post losses every... Like, I, I, that's what video gaming is going to turn into. And then at some point, the fucking... The, the bill's gonna come due. Yeah, the yeah. the fill the bill's gonna become due. The fucking uh, the chickens are gonna come home to roost. Um yeah. and you know it's just someone well, it's gonna all explode. It's it is and there was um sort of about streaming. Uh, Scott Mendelson, who writes at Forbes, he was he had an article this week about how Netflix, you know, they had a little bit of a, a stock issue because mm-hmm. Wall Street is always gonna expect them to add new subscribers. Same thing with Disney. And that's not how this is going to go, right? They're not At some point, have this everybody that has ever wanted Netflix will have Netflix. And everybody who ever wanted Disney, they're like, that's it, right? And all that's going to do is there's going to be a crunch somewhere. There's going to be something is going to get sh- shed or shredded somewhere, and it's not going to be cool. Right. So if Sony ever feels any kind of pain anywhere, Bungie's not going to like that. Even though they paid three billion for it, it's gonna be interesting where the pain is felt. Right. Also, not, the the other thing that doesn't never make sense in the gaming industry is that Bungie was like a micro. First, they were an individual company, right? Mm-hmm. They started making Halo. Microsoft was like, "Hey, we can help with that. We can we can give you some money and and help you make that thing. And it looks like it's gonna be good. You just make it for us." And Bungie was like, "Yeah, fucking." Duh, like that that's great because we we think it's going to be great we just need more money so they fucking work with microsoft and then like fucking they're done with halo reach and they're like man i think microsoft's really like kind of cramping my vision a little bit and like we're gonna go indie like like we're going we're breaking out for microsoft right we're doing our own thing and they start making bungie and then, or start making destiny and then they're like fuck man this, this budget's getting kind of tight and activision's like hey we can help with that. It looks like you got a good product there. Got a bunch of fucking money we can help you with. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And Destiny 1 comes out, good. Destiny 2 comes out, people start complaining a little bit. And they're like, fuck, man, I think Activision's cramping my style. And then they're like, we're, we're, we're breaking off. <laughs> it's like, now they're like, Sony's like, we have a ton of fucking money for you. And Bungie's like, ah, let's fucking go. So like, and that <laughs> happens, like third time this that happens with every fucking company. And like, like, even if the company itself doesn't move, right? Like, even let's say it's not fucking Bungie every time. Like, every single... It's so weird with established industries like this. Like, in it... I don't know. Like, it happens... Like, I I work for, like, construction... Like, I'm a construction supply, like, warehouse, basically, is what we are. Mm-hmm. And, like, every time one business loses a like, a big supervisor or something, he just fucking pops up in another business down the street, and he's like, oh, I'm the big supervisor of this now. And it's like that with gaming, where it's just like, <laughs> everyone just shuffles the shit around, right? Like, like yeah. it's just like, oh, fucking, uh, these three guys that used to be big at fucking Bioware are now at fucking Bungie, and these three guys that are Bungie are 343, and now yeah. fucking I mean, like, not, And it's like all the same people working on the same shit. They just yeah. fucking shuffle them around. <laughs> It's the same thing everywhere, right? In football, right? right? Coaches, yeah, it's exactly. like this guy, Rod Marinelli, coached the the Lions to own uh, sixteen in two thousand eight as a head coach, 
and he's still in the league. He's still a defensive line coach, right? right. And he's a good one, I know. But like, you go like just everything just gets shuffled just, around. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I I don't know. Like the, so even but even still like if you're bungee like why you've 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 looked at the situation and like this fucking sucks every time and then you're like that situation pops up again like hey <laughs> jump in that boat. Um, but yeah. So. Uh, but ultimately, kind of like we said, like that crunch, whenever that inevitable crunch does happen, like it's not, you know it's what I mean? Like, like, yeah, man, unless, unless Bungie just starts, their next game is just outrageously popular. Like I have to think that Sony's going to look and be like, all right, well, we're going to protect God of War. We're going to mm-hmm. protect Uncharted. Yeah. We're going to protect Final Fantasy. You know, we're going to protect like, you know, whatever other exclusives they have and like, you know the racing one yeah gran turismo or whatever like and then they're gonna look at those and be like well we gotta protect these so you're last on the list Bungie. like Mm -hmm. i'm sorry (laughs) but we're putting you out of business (laughs) and so you just gotta hope you finish everything you want to do before that day comes exactly Um, yeah 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 so yeah i think it's just bad news for the industry as all as usual um Um, i mean capitalism (laughs) (laughs) it's like um do do you ever watch goodfellas I have not. I know it's so, like a, one I should, but I have not. Oh yeah, it, it's it's very good. But there's a sequence early on in the movie where this guy comes to, um, oh my god, what's his name? Polly. He comes to Polly, the the mob boss, and he goes, "Hey, I need money. I want to open this restaurant." And he's like, "You want? I don't want to open a restaurant." And he's like, "He's like, oh, it's great. You know, it's great. They come on uh, Friday. The whores are all around. This guy knows <laughs> what I'm talking about." And he goes, "Okay, well, here's the gun money, right?" And so they use the guy's credit to open to buy a bunch of shit for the restaurant, and they take it on that guy's credit, and they sell it out the back, and they're not gonna pay the bank back. So they right. just make all the money using this guy's credit, and the guy has he's like when he doesn't have another buck that he can borrow from the bank, you know, he goes bust. He declares bankruptcy, and they fucking light the restaurant on fire for the insurance money. Right. And it's like that. It's like you know, hey, we're gonna buy Bungie, and. You know, if you don't provide, if you don't make money, then we're just going to light the studio on fire. <laughs> ship you out the back, and thank you very much for your service, and then turn off the lights. Right. So, I hope that's not what happens. Right, we'll yeah. We all we always got to hope for the... we we got to try and be optimistic for these things. Yeah. But Hopefully, the, yeah. I would love to get, like, I know it's, you know, God of War is a remake, but I would love to get something like that from them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's the episode for this week. Um, if you if you want to catch me, you can catch me at T Money Bags on Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at Evercastro ninety two on Instagram. You can catch the podcast directly at Diff Animals Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can email us directly, Different Animals Podcast at gmail dot com. Um, as usual, stay safe, stay entertained, and we will catch you guys next week. Later, peace.